just fine Catch you when you fall Be there when you call It's never too much I got you real tall I'm Tania Carr and you're listening to The Real Talk Podcast. Here at Real Talk, we create space for authenticity, awareness and making a positive impact on the world around us. Real talk, real people, real stories. Ngā mahi nui ki a koutou no mai hoki mai ki te kaupapa korero Real Talk. I'm Tania Carr and before I introduce my next guest, I want to let you know that there is a trigger warning. We talk about some triggering topics and if you feel like you need support, there is a list of contact numbers in the podcast show notes for you. Now it is my honour to share this korero from Wendy Bennett who bravely took the stage at our Your Story event in Poriroa. Now, Wendy and I recently reconnected after distantly knowing each other in our early days working for the House of G, a.k.a. Glassons. Now, Wendy describes herself as an unsuccessful scholar. She failed almost every subject she took from school cert. However, she found her feet and has spent the last 15 years focused on ensuring that some of New Zealand's most significant organisations are cyber secure. And she now even owns her own cybersecurity business called Intelligentsia New Zealand. Wendy is proof that you can in fact thrive in business and in life while navigating the challenges with dyslexia. It is with the greatest pleasure that I introduce Wendy Bennett to tell her story of hope and inspiration. Kia ora. Okay, so my story's a little bit different than what we have heard today, but we'll kick right into it. And just a really quick warning, there are some, I would call it profanities, but are swearing in this story, and they will show up on screen, and I don't mean to offend anyone, but it's part of what it is. <laughs> um, so I'm the little one in the middle, that's me. <laughs> um, and these are my two sisters, and that photo makes us look like a beautiful 1970s family. Um, We were well-loved and we had a roof over our heads, but we didn't have a lot of money. And what the photo doesn't show, I guess, is that we we were brought up to be seen and not heard. And we had some pretty tough expectations that were put on us in the environment we grew up in. And if we didn't meet them, man, we got a hiding. Um, And I guess the other thing um, being that you you can't tell from the photo is that my two older sisters, there's almost a 10-year age gap between them and I, um, is that they were severely dyslexic, so life wasn't necessarily easy for them. They were getting a hiding for everything because they just couldn't meet any expectations. Um, you can't tell, but the photo on the right, I'm the little girl on the right side of the one holding the sign, and that's my first year at school. And my first year at school, I guess, is where my story begins. Um, I was described as a happy kid, um, and apparently my first school report said that I was quiet, polite, um, I was well-liked by teachers and peers. I don't quite know what happened throughout my life, but (laughs) (laughs) they believed that. Um, But I had a unique skill. I was completely ambidextrous, and I couldn't stick to doing anything with one hand at all. Um, So what that meant was that they got specialists in to, I guess, monitor me for dyslexia throughout my first year of school. And to put it bluntly, it was horrible. Um, I won't go into too many details, but I couldn't even go to the toilet without being chaperoned so they could check to see which hand I was using for what. (laughs) 
Um, and it was a unique skill that nobody else had. So what, what that did is it, it made me feel different and I was always in trouble because even if I landed the end result, I didn't get there the way that it was expected. And um, it, I was also, I don't know, I guess, I felt alienated from my friends and they saw me as being different. And so it started as sort of being a long run of bullying at school for me. Um, and that lasted from there right through to when I left high school. Um, and I, I come from Nelson, right? Nelson's not a very big town, um, so it, it stays with you. I only went to three schools. Yes, sorry, I do need my security blanket, Tania. <laughs> um, and I did choose my left hand, by the way. Um, teachers used to get really frustrated with me um, because... I was a really bright kid, according to them, um, but I just couldn't deliver on the written communication. And they blamed it on my home life. Now, mum and dad did separate when I was about eight, and immediately my home life became much better, but that actually wasn't the problem. School was just awful. It, the same couldn't be said for school, right? So I am um, Wendy being Wendy. Um, I used to find the basics of school really, really hard. Um, and I'm saying I'm um, a lot, sorry. Uh, I'm the little one with the um, orange ribbons in my hair. Yeah, um, so it didn't, you know, the way that I sort of lived my life didn't necessarily reflect the way that um, mum was sort of forcing me out to the world to look like. And I used to find ways to escape class because I began to hate it. So I played hockey and I joined the choir and I got out of having to sit there. And because I was being bullied at school, it wasn't only that. The teachers used to take pleasure in making me, I guess, stand up in front of the class and do all sorts of random things. And I remember one time, I was about 13 by this stage, um, there was a school sports trip and a music trip away. It was an annual one. And I was told I couldn't go because my work wasn't good enough. And a lot of the pre-selected kids ended up going. And, um, uh, sorry, couldn't go. So they pulled names out of a hat for a whole lot of other people to go. And I was told that I could go, only go on that trip if I got up on stage and spelt this word. And if I got it wrong, I wasn't going. I was like, okay. Um, but I was pretty determined. Um, I didn't get second chances, so I stood there and I gave it my best shot, and I actually managed to get it right, which I was so proud of myself. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going, woohoo. And then all of a sudden, within seconds, the teacher was like, oh, nah, what a waste, right? Wendy shouldn't, Wendy shouldn't be going. She's a bright kid. She can do all this stuff. That's what should have gone to someone that's far more deserving. So it was a pretty, pretty big kick in the teeth uh, straight away. Now, over the years, I learned to camouflage ways of hiding, I guess, the difficulties that I was having at school. And I would um, I'd do things like, I, I learned how to lie, right? And I learned how to lie with absolute conviction, and that'll come out very shortly. Um, I would, I learned how to keep my own secrets, so I, I stopped communicating with people and I stopped telling them what was going on in my life. And I... I stopped asking questions because I just felt stupid. And then I, where I could, I would over-prepare and over-deliver, and I still do that today, probably. <laughs> My business partner can tell you that. She's sitting in the audience. <laughs> on stuff that I don't need to, even though it's possibly a waste of time. Um, and 
I think probably the, the other thing is that it, it sent me down a, a, a very, I guess my difficulties really had an impact on my mental health. Um, and I spent a long, long time um, having suicidal thoughts in and out right throughout my high school years. I didn't want to be there. Or if I wasn't having suicidal thoughts, I was making plans to run away because I just wanted to be somewhere better. Um, and I guess that somewhere better um, took me to here. That is actually me in the foreground of that photo as well. Um, and I, just, I was determined and ambitious because even though I felt like I wasn't getting anywhere, there's this really big part of me that was like, I'm not going to let my haters win, man. I'm, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. And um, I knew I could do better and I knew I could do more with it, within my own self. And come hell or high water, I reckon I watched too much TV in my, lady year, in my teenage years, but I was going to be a lawyer and nothing was stopping me. And actually my mother, couldn't, like, she couldn't believe it. She dragged me off to the local courthouse to see what they actually did just to try and discourage me. Yeah, no, nah, just made me more determined, right? So I worked my ass off and I managed to get university entrance. Um, I got it by four marks. There I was, off to Dunedin, to be a lawyer. That makes sense, right? Um, and while I was in Dunedin, I started to doubt myself. They asked questions about how I got there because my grades were low and a whole lot of other stuff. And it just, um, it was a pretty disparaging time. So I found partying and drinking so much more fun than studying. So that's what I did. And yes, it was reflected in my grades that year. And no, my mother was not happy. Um, so... She sent me, when I come home um, that year after university, for um, a dyslexia assessment. She said, right, that's it, not putting up with that anymore. Turns out I wasn't dyslexic. And I'm like, okay, all right. But you can have a read or write for your university exam if you want one. I'm like, nah, stuff that shit. You know, you made me stand out all my life. I just want to fit in now, so there's no way that I'm going to do that. I was fiercely independent. Now, she gave me the very disapproving look right here. That face, even on my mother, um, never changed. And at the second, at the end of the second year of university, my mother sadly passed away after an aggressive terminal illness. Um, and it was, it was really hard. I guess I was down in Dunedin, and I really was struggling for with the university. And it just gave me an excuse to gracefully exit stage left out of there. And I, I suffered a little bit, a little bit of depression, and so I went out and I got myself a job as a checkout chick because that's all I felt good enough for. I was comfortable, um, and after that, and I guess in that role, I, I got promoted. I worked really hard and I was well liked by people, and then I, um, they, they gave, they offered me another promotion. I went, no, nah, I can't do that. I'm not going to admit that I've got problems and, and that I've got issues. And after that, I went and got a job with Tanya at Glassons, which is how we know each other. <laughs> yep. um, and I did really well at Glassons, just like Tanya. And this is not her fault. Um, <laughs> but uh, they actually told me, um, nothing to do with her at that point, um, they actually told me that they wouldn't progress my career any further because my handwritten reports did not meet their expectations. And I tried really hard um, to, to fight. And I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. No, it didn't work. So I packed my bags, I went, I've got to get out of here, I've got to run away. And I figured that Ireland was far enough away on the other side of the world. 
and started my OE, started travelling, went to Bristol in the UK, got a job with Airbus UK, where I had to put on my big girl pants um, and really go into battle because I had a job with them where they said, when do we need someone to change the processes? Well, that was great until at one point they said, the document writing that you need to do to support the change processes isn't good enough. So that really familiar bell ringing in my head, and I was like, far out. And they went wrong, because I used to write emails home to my friends and family, and I would pretend I was drunk when I wrote them, because I used to take the piss out of what was in them. And I'd start really late at night over there, and I would, just to back up my story, and I know that worked for the sole fact that those emails are still talked about to this very day. Yeah. Um, then when I um, did that, after I did that, and there's some travel photos for me, um, a couple of other things outside of schoolwork that I used to get really confused about is left and right, east and west, reading maps. So what does someone that has all those issues do? They go to Colorado and drive vans in the snow on the opposite side of the road. <laughs> there, were, there were some pretty funny and some really terrifying moments in that role for me. <laughs> but they... Um, that I, I learned to ask questions and I learned to um, navigate my way through sort of finding shortcuts with them in that job and it was because I was forced to be brave and face terror, literally, and fear head on, I got my big girl pants back on and went, oh my God, you know, what have I been doing all my life? Why have I been limiting my own beliefs around what I was thinking that I should be doing? So I come back to New Zealand and I got a job with New Zealand police. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Now, I've already run into someone here today that I used to work with who, work with who doesn't know that story. Um, and they used to like me because I was sort of perceptive and intuitive. And I was able to sort of read the political landscape really well. And I had all these skills and I coupled them together and things were going really well. But they're not always known for being warm and cuddly. Um, and I got into trouble at one stage for writing a report when I was really sick because I was told I had to do it with too many mistakes in it. Um, wasn't my intention, but that's what happened. But this, I'm going to come back to this. Um, that's, that scenario, sorry to look at that word, uh, that scenario led me to going back to get a full dyslexia assessment because the way my boss dealt with it at the time wasn't okay. And turns out I wasn't dyslexic. I did have the spelling age of an 11-year-old. I still have the spelling age of an 11-year-old. Um, and that's really hard to stand up in front of people and say. Um, and... When you are dyslexic, I just want to say, you don't grow into it, you don't grow out of it, and it prevents differently at different times in life for everybody, and illness, sickness, stress, all those kind of things impact it. So yeah, some days can be much worse or much different than others. And I know you're all dying to know why this word is on the screen. So when you are trying to camouflage your dyslexic tendencies, um, and you accidentally autocorrect this word into a sentence in an email that says, sorry, the cunt was incorrect, that will get you a written warning. <laughs> and, and the other thing being that, I mean, I was well known to at police for uh, tightening out some processes around how to make this, you know, happen less. But, yeah. So, uh, yeah, don't do it. Um, now, a lot of people ask me, Wendy, explain your dyslexia to me, and I'm like, oh my God, I can't. Confusion is what it is. So um, I played a lot of hockey throughout my life. All my life I played hockey, and I could not distinguish left from right, um, depending on which way we're going on the field, 
Um, unless I'd heard the team line out called out and I had to go and figure out who I had to stand next to. And if I'd missed that memo, I used to hang back, stand on, wait on the sideline, and then all of a sudden I'd just sprint out into the empty position on the field. My team hated me for that. Um, and then I made a terrible hockey ref because I could blow the whistle really well, right? I blew it any time I liked. But then when I had to stick my arm out, and it just would go in any direction, right? And nine times out of ten, it was the wrong frickin' direction. And I could... The, the players and the um, people on the sideline were going, even fucking ref! So, yeah, I made a terrible hockey, hockey ref. Um, and writing reports, never going to be my favourite thing to do, and I still have to do it. And I used to get... Um, sort of heart palpitations and feel physically sick when I had to write reports uh, and briefings for ministers. So I worked my way up to that point in life. Um, and I found out very quickly that uh, spell check, predictive text, uh, not my friend. Uh, copy and paste probably is my friend. And no, dictation tools aren't that friendly either because I'm at risk with another cunt scenario if I'm to <laughs> use those because I've got a Kiwi accent, right? Um, now, this is my wonderful business partner, Jan. Uh, she is in the audience today. Um, so I got to the stage where I was writing briefings for ministers. Um, I had enough of it, went, nah, stop it, yeah, get away. We well, Jan had started Intelligentsia, and I went to enjoy it in her in business. And she is an amazing woman who's accepted me for the challenges that I have. Um, and I'm a woman, right? I've got dyslexia. I'm 15, going through menopause, and we work in a male-dominated industry. But together, Jan and I have learned how to like bounce off each other and really build a business. And we're a formidable force in a male-dominated industry running a really successful business now, um, which allows us to be um, you run, run with the wolves, I guess, and, and beat them to, to their dinner. Um, and she is a, an amazing lady, and I'm lucky to have her support. So one of the key messages and things that I really want to do well, the things that I do now is I advocate for um, dyslexia and people being open to it and changing the narrative on it. Um, I've been told that I shouldn't talk to dyslexia um, for the sole fact that I'm not trained in it. Uh, no, I may not know all things about dyslexia, but I don't apologise for the fact that I do advocate for making a change in society to make everybody inclusive. Um, and then there's a couple of other people here um, who love me. Uh, one probably doesn't. There was almost a divorce in our house last night. Uh, <laughs> um, and they, uh, they believe in me and they let me leverage my tendencies to be the best person that I possibly can be um, and help me send that message. And I guess all that time I was running away, I was trying to escape these things that just kept popping up. Um, and those things that just kept popping up allowed me to sort of run back in a circle to myself and become the person I am today and living life, I guess, as authentically as me because I can't be that person who helps others with their challenges and helps them not suffer some of the bullshit that I've had to suffer in life if I'm not living life as authentically as me. Thanks, guys. Real Talk could be coming to a town near you, so check out the Real Talk website, www.realtalknz.co.nz, or follow us on our Instagram at real underscore talk underscore nz to find out where we'll be next. I got you real talk.